Good evening, everyone. My friends, uh, as it happens, sometimes uh, our lectionary, what we read from the gospel, offers two readings, a short and a long. Uh, I opted to go with the short reading uh, because if not, you'll be here till 9 o'clock with me because it's very long and it has way too much uh, material for me to cover. Friends, our first reading, uh, what it tells us, it gives us the freedom to choose to do good or to do evil. And it really comes down uh, to what we choose. Our second reading, true wisdom comes from God. And there's that beautiful piece in there about uh, it reveals that wonderful things that God has prepared for those who love him. Love him. And uh, Jesus puts forth a new standard of goodness for his disciples And before I go into the very body of the homily, I want you to understand something about the Decalogue, about the Ten Commandments. Remember, Moses takes the people from Egypt into the desert. Those Jewish folks, those Israelites, had lived amongst the Egyptians for a long time and had picked up their bad habits. So as he takes them into the desert, God puts forth to Moses... Commandments. You should know and understand that those Ten Commandments were only the beginning. They were not the end. They were just the beginning. They were the basics of how to treat each other with decency and humanity. And it would take hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years before even that became the norm for them. Now we see how patient God is with people. So I want you to understand about these commandments. They were just the basics. They were just the beginning uh, to separate uh, the behavior of the people so they would treat each other with decency, um, something that was not happening under the rule of the Egyptians. And uh, my friends, today, uh, we Christians live our lives governed by two venues of laws. Um, There is the civil law and uh, there is moral law. And most times they are in harmony, but uh, however, sometimes they are in serious conflict with each other. And when a conflict occurs, we Christians must follow the higher moral law. In doing this, we have to be prepared to accept the consequences, the civil consequences, whatever they may be. Today's gospel, which is part of Jesus' Sermon of the Mount, of the Beatitudes, Jesus speaks of two laws, that of the law and of the prophets, and of his own. They are not in conflict with each other, but they are very different in quality from one another. Jesus says that he has not come to destroy the law and the prophets, but to fulfill it, to perfect it. By the time Jesus comes and gives that sermon, he understands that people already know that they're not supposed to kill each other, that they're not supposed to steal from each other. This is the assumption he makes. The law and the prophets is basically the Ten Commandments. However, they had been often interpreted in a way that Jesus disapproved of. The Ten Commandments are about righteousness. His whole Sermon of the Mount is on righteousness and holiness. 
And what we have to remember is this piece that we're hearing this evening is part of that sermon that he's giving. And um, it's about standing in right relationship with God and with each other. The first three of the Ten Commandments have to do um, with our right relationship with God. If you don't have them, they're outside, right by the fountain. I put them on a big stone thing, in make, making fun of Moses, kind of, because he put it on stone. <laughs> and so we put it on stone out there. Um, oh, Jeremiah would say the time would come when uh, it would not be on stone, but written in the very hearts of the humans. So that's my sense of humor uh, a little bit out there. But, uh, but they're out there. But the first three have to do with your right relationship with God. And the last seven have to do with your right relationship with your neighbor. And your neighbor would be, yes, your husband and your wife too. So don't say, no, my wife is not my neighbor. Yes, she is. <laughs> in the way they understand it, yes. Um, the old law said that we must worship God, and people were doing that. Um, but Jesus said that they are to worship God in a more excellent way. With a full heart, with every fiber of their being. And not just with nice words that come off their lips. The old law said that people must give strict justice to their neighbor. An eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But Jesus showed them and us a more excellent way. When he said that our justice must put themselves into great conflict with them. But uh, Jesus is saying not in a mathematical way. Uh, but rather overflowing with compassion and mercy from one's heart. The old law said that you must forgive your neighbor once. Did you know that? No? Yes? What is it with the 5.30? What is it with you guys at 5.30 on Saturday nights? Did you know this? The old law said you forgive once. Those who really excelled the law, you'll see this thinking. I'm going to show you. Peter thinking that himself was pretty extravagant in his mercy. Remember what he says to Jesus? Seven times? That's pretty good, ain't it? <laughs> Our Lord had a more excellent way. He demands 70 times seven times. This is what he tells Peter. Can you imagine Peter's face? <laughs> Pardon me. <laughs> in other words, the followers of Jesus forgives as often as the offending neighbor is genuinely sorry. Jesus calls his disciples to an excellence of moral life that reaches beyond the very letter of the law and the commandments. This is why I opened the homily with telling you, remember the Ten Commandments were the basics, just the beginning for them. That's why Jesus comes and he says, ah, let me tell you how it really is. We are to do the right thing from the very best of motives and from a generous heart. We should heed his words and examples in doing that which is holy and that which glorifies God. Jesus' disciples should never ask, what is the least that I must do? Do you know that people have actually asked me that? What is the least that I have to do? <laughs> All I can do is laugh at this point because I'll get myself in a lot of trouble if I don't. And I'm going to get myself in trouble right now. I know I'm going to get emails about this. But last week, 
I spoke really briefly about you to you folks about the experience of God. Do people really experience God or do they just see the church as this place? And um, I think the person who asks, what is the minimum that I need to do? I don't think they've experienced God. Not really. And my friends, this leads me to say that when many Christians never really search for God, I think, sometimes, because they think they have already found him. But in fact, what they have encountered only is the institution of the church. Religion for them is an institution to which they belong and that provides a certain type of security. And they've gotten all the no, 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 no's. They, thou shalt not do this, that, and the other. They got it down. They can almost write it in a book. And they also have it the other way. Thou shalt do this, that, and the other. They got all that down. And that's a lot of principles. Um, and I suppose that's a good start. But, um, but it seems all too perfunctory. And um, their hearts seem far from God. God seems to be absent from their daily goings-on. And, uh, and they seem to be only in the most uh, perfunctory way doing things. And uh, as evidence of this, I would put forth the behavior then of some of us Christians. Very aggressive, unforgiving, judgmental, greedy, abusive, racist, etc., etc., Etc. I know I'm getting emails about this. But I'm sorry, that behavior is not. Remember last week, you are the salt of the earth and light of the world. That is not salt and light behavior. And that tells me that God must be far from them. Have they really taken and actually drank? I know that proper English is drunk. Drunk of the waters of faith. I don't know, it just seems that uh, such folks don't really know God and uh, have no abiding relationship with our Lord Jesus Christ. It seems that our Lord is not experienced by them. As a living person who they can have an actual relationship with. The great thing about this, however, is that our Lord pursues them even more so than the ones he already has. And I can go home and be all cranky about it. Well, I'm a priest. You should be paying attention to me too. <laughs> yeah, I do that. I'm just like, yeah, I do that. Um, but he pursues those that I'm talking about, the ones that doesn't seem to have experienced him. He goes after them with such tenacity. And he meets them where they are. Not where they should be, but where they're at. If their hearts are truly open, they will come under the influence of God's Spirit. They experience. And then they begin to change. And sometimes I'm not sure how, sometimes you can't make it happen. Although the church tries. You see that in our programs and the way we catechize and everything. And, you know, sometimes I go home, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to do. I don't know how. I'm like, all right, Lord, maybe you should have the burning bush in the, in the middle of the sanctuary. <laughs> maybe that'll help. 
My friends, but here it is. This is the struggle and the journey of faith. And it is lifelong. It is also a journey. Um, on this journey, we have a taste of something so extraordinary. The experience of God's presence, of his love and his power in our lives that make it all worthwhile. I know I've kind of went off on what my homily was about, so I better get back here, huh? Um, the gospel message we heard, the challenge of the teaching of the reading from tonight's gospel is to love. Where there is love, there will be no need for the law. This is one of the things that St. Paul really gets at. Jesus said that all of God's laws can be reduced to two. Love of God and love of neighbor. And Jesus is absolutely right, but when we really analyze this and take it and look, there is really then only one law. The law of love. When you love somebody, you do not commit adultery on them. When you love somebody, you do not steal from them. When you love somebody, you do not gossip about them. When you love somebody, you will not harm them. You see? It's that simple <laughs> and that challenging <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> 